The following program contains themes and images that may not be suitable for most audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. All right, you ready to move? I guess I am. All right, guys, time <clears throat> for our true crime segment. Time for pick a Don't forget to follow us on our social media, guys, under Panda Pig Inc. on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Almost everything. Everything. Yeah. Just follow us, guys. Come on. Follow us. Mm-hmm. Talk to us. We'll talk to you. You know, we'll try. Hang out. Let's hang. We'll try and be interesting. We, we're, we're trying. We're not always interesting, but no. we've tried. We're, we're too corny for life. <laughs> yeah, but I like corn. I, I like corn too. cheese. I like cheese corn. Corn cheese. <sighs> yes, Korean barbecue. Yeah. We love you. All right. I'll bring us into it. So Here we go. Um, the inspiration for this episode is, and I'll, I guess I'll kind of get to it in the end, when I was researching it, they didn't necessarily put a crime that inspired this episode. Mm-hmm. The writers said that what they wanted to do was include a case about the death of a young boy and how that would affect the characters. Okay. And they also wanted to explore more of Bones's background as being in foster care. And everyone's background, too, since they're already hitting her in the fields. So. Yeah, so that was okay. kind of the purpose that the writers had for this episode. So they didn't provide a, case, a particular case to me. I immediately thought of this case when I was watching this episode. Okay. What is it? So it's the murder of James Bulger. James Bulger. And I feel like I may have told you something about this case before, but I don't remember, and I don't know if you remember. Okay. So. If you hear clicking, guys, sorry, I have a slideshow in front mm-hmm. of me that Pig creates for me. Yes. Obviously, we'll have pictures ready for you now, but you'll hear clicking because I'm scrolling through her slideshow she makes for me as she talks about it for me. Yes. So the first page, Miss Panda, mm-hmm. is you're going to click on the slide after James Bulger. Okay. And there you'll see a photo of James Bulger. Okay. And another photo next to it of James Bulger's mother, Denise. Okay. And James in that same photo. Okay. Mm. They look like two different children. <laughs> so I'm going to start off with some pretty dark foreshadowing here, okay? Oh, God. Am I going to so be ready? So Denise okay. gives birth to her stillborn daughter at the age of 22, Kirsty. Safe to say she's heartbroken. She remembers saying to herself, today is the worst day of your life. It will never get worse than this. That's sad. Two years later, however, she gives birth to a healthy baby boy, James. She says he was very bubbly. He loved dancing to Michael Jackson videos, making people laugh. She said, my happiest memory of him is him running towards me with his hair bouncing everywhere he didn't walk anywhere. He'd run into your arms with a big smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Very so, lively child. Yes. Okay. So when James is two years old, 1993, February 12th, in Merseyside, I hope that I'm saying that right, England, James and his mother, Denise, go to the New Strand Shopping Center. So now you can go to the next page. Yep. Okay. So at around 3.40 p.m., Denise goes into the A.R. Tim's butcher shop on the lower floor of the center. So Denise is a pretty cautious mom. Is this um, like a market? 
Yes. Like a marketplace, basically? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a shopping center, and then there's a marketplace within it. Okay. Um, she usually takes James in a shopping cart in England. They call it a buggy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this day she didn't. She was kind of in a hurry. Okay. So 3.40 p.m., she goes to the butcher shop. And in the time it takes her to pull money out of her purse, Denise realizes that James has disappeared. What? The moments caught on CCTV footage at 3.42. So they go in the butcher shop at 3.40, and at 3.42, James is gone. Two what? minutes. Just a matter of two minutes. Two minutes. He got swiped. So the police... Oh, my God. So obviously she goes to the police. They're freaking out. And they quickly find some low-resolution video image images of James's abduction from the mall by okay. two unidentified boys. So you can go to the next picture, and it's basically um, the news letter of a, a still image from the footage. You see that little boy is, is James, and there's an older boy, and they're trying to figure out why Do the heck is James. Do they know how old this guy is? Well... I will let you know. Oh, okay. So two days later, James's body is found severed at a railway embankment. Oh my god. A forensic pathologist says that he died before the train struck him. Oh, I the- don't know how I feel about that. Because that's, it sucks because he died, but it's good he didn't die by getting severed by a train. This is true. These are facts. But? But it doesn't get better from here. No. So the breakthrough in the case came when a woman called the police on seeing slightly enhanced images of the CCTV footage of the boys on TV. She recognizes 10-year-old John Venables, who she knew skipped school with Robert Thompson, who's also 10 years old, the day of James's abduction. Okay. Uh, uh, so, <clears throat> both of them are 10 years old. Oh my God. So, Robert Thompson is interviewed by law enforcement with a lawyer and his mother, Anne. Alrighty. Okay. So, a lot of this is from the, from the interview interrogation scripts. Okay. Okay. So... Robert says that he and John skipped school that day for the shopping center to walk around. That he saw James with his mother there, but that he left with John to go to the library and go straight back home. So he's like, we just saw him, but we didn't do anything. Which is weird because why would you remember seeing some random child at the Uh, mall? Yeah, I was about to say, like, you just casually remember. Did they have a picture, too? Like, we're like, oh, yeah, we remember this kid. Nope, they're just like, yeah, we saw him, but nothing. What? So the the boys are interviewed separately. Oh, yeah, they're 10 years old. Obviously, they don't know any better. So the detective implied that John is telling a different story. So Robert's (laughs) like, so then Robert says, that James may have followed them, but they probably lost him somewhere. Okay. So the detectives even point out that the boy in the video had the same jacket as Robert did. And Robert's like, jackets get sold like mine all the time. Okay. So why why aren't you looking at John's jacket? It's more distinctive. 
Okay. So as the interview goes on, Robert like pulling teeth. If I was mm-hmm. the person interrogating, Robert indirectly admits to being with John the whole day, and that John had James by the hand. Okay. So, so this these interviews they're over the course of a couple of days. Because of how difficult it was to try to get information out of these boys. From 10-year-old kids, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um... Youths. So they'd been together the whole day. Robert was pretty collected up until this point, but he started to get flustered. He began to sob, I never touched him. What? Just out of nowhere? Yeah, like, they're they're hounding him, trying to figure out what happened to James. And he's pretty collected, but up until now, he's like, look, I never touched him. Oh, my God. So Robert said that they walked around, but let James go around a church. Okay. Robert says that, so Robert then says that he left John and James by the railway and nothing more. So basically, Robert's story's changing throughout this whole thing. Yeah. But the detectives ask Robert. If he stole batteries. I don't, okay. This makes Robert's stole? face go red. Oh, dang, okay. And they, and he, he won't answer to it. So they pull a classic, like, look, make this easier on yourself and tell us the truth. So Robert tells the detectives that John threw bricks at James's face. Oh my god. He says that John hit James with a stick and a big metal thing with holes in it, which was like a big 22-pound pipe. Oh, my God. He said that James was lying on the tracks with his eyes open while John threw batteries at his face. Why? He's just two years old. What was the Girl. point of that? Robert insists that he tried to stop John. And remember, this whole time, his mother is sitting there hearing this. His mother's in utter shock. She cannot believe what's going on. Is coming she in the same room? Mouth. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so Robert admits, so they found blood on Robert's shoes. Okay. And he says that he tried to move James off the track. And that's why he got blood on his shoes. But once he started bleeding more, he put James back down. Oh, so he's coming okay. up excuses for pretty much anything the cops are trying to say Robert yeah. may have been involved in. It sounds about right. So this whole time, Robert's being very shifty. He's putting the blame on John, justifying how he couldn't have done it. He's like, I wouldn't have hurt a baby. I have a little brother. Why would I hurt a baby? How old is the little brother? Like around James's age. Okay. So the detectives confront Robert with the evidence that they believe the batteries were shoved up James's rectum. Oh my God. And that they found trauma to James's genitals. No. So Robert again acted shocked by the accusation and pointed the finger to John. Ultimately, at the end of the interrogation, Robert says that John tried to cover up James's head with stones, but he admitted to only putting one brick on to stop all the bleeding. What? So Robert's story ultimately makes no sense it's ups and downs he's blaming john for everything yeah he's he just there. throwing john under the bus at this point mm-hmm. and so then we go to the investigation with john john's side of the story oh god so john's interviewed with his mother susan and he's not like robert robert the whole time 
He's very intelligent, very collected. He's even countering the officer's points, like when the officers are like... You mean John is... Yes. Okay. Well, no, 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 sorry. Back with Robert, the, the juxtaposition is that Robert's very cool and collected. He was very intelligent. He even countered the officer's points where they're like, isn't that your jacket? And he's like, anybody could have bought this jacket. Okay. Like, a 10-year-old doesn't talk like yeah, that. Yeah, 10-year-olds don't talk like that. Now, John in the opposition is hysterical. He's emotional. They can be, he can barely get answers out. He's not he's trying to avoid the questions. Right. So John initially tries to put Robert down as the bad kid, but he ends up kind of sounding as though like he admires Robert's ability to be bad, you know? What? Where he's like he's trying to say J- Robert's bad, but John kind of admires it. You know, like how? Like, you have an example for that? Like, not, not necessarily. Where kind of like he's saying all the things that almost Robert's, like flaunting. Kind of, he's kind of saying all of the things that Robert does. Like Robert skips school. Robert does this. Robert Robert's does a that. cool kid. Yes. Okay. Basically, Robert's a cool dude. Yeah. But right. So John said it was Robert's idea to miss school that day. Okay. That saying that they went to the park, the old railways, and a cemetery where Robert wanted to steal flowers, but John said no. John said that Robert stole paint from the store as well. Okay. So detectives start to confront John with Robert's version of events, and John gets really defensive. The detectives can tell he wants to say more, but he's afraid of what his parents are going to think. Because they're right there. Right. So they have John's parents, you know, reassure him that they're going to love him no matter what. No matter what he says. They just want to know what says. happened. They just want to know what happened. So John climbs into his mother laps, mother's lap and begins to sob. And he says, I did kill him. And he says, what about his mom? Will you tell her I'm sorry? James's mom. Why did you do it in the first place, you damn kid? Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what got me about that part is just, like, he's ten years old, but these actions that happened to this two-year-old boy are horrific. But, but it's like you were capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Like... So, further into the interview, John says that Robert stole paint at the toy store, that they tried to abduct another child earlier in the day, but the mother of the child caught them and took a kid. John confessed to taking James by the hand, but that it was Robert's idea to kill him. John said that they thought about looking for his mother, but that Robert suggested that they throw James in the water at the canal. John described how they tried to get James to fall in the water, and Robert threw James to the ground. Oh, my God. As John tried to talk about what happened, like, further, he became hysterical. Remember, this took place over a couple of days. Yeah. He said he didn't want to talk about the worst bit. Quote. Oh, my God. So they threw bricks at James's head. Robert hit James with an iron bar. James fell on his stomach, and the boys ran away. But then they ultimately came back, took him to the railroad tracks, and, you know. But you said that he got killed before the railroad came. They, he died at the railroad tracks, but it wasn't the train that killed him. Yeah. So the cops tried to talk to him about the batteries, too, 
But John, he wouldn't speak about it. He said it was all Robert. So did he die because of, like, all the force, like, all the blend force to his face, yeah. basically? Everything, all of that overwhelming to a two-year-old? So pretty much everything. So the boys, so all three of the boys were seen by 38 different people okay, throughout the day. Like, throughout James having his injuries and, and everything. They saw? And they didn't do anything. What is that uh, term? The bystander? Yeah, bystanders. So two people tried to challenge the boys about having James, but they claimed that James was their younger brother and he was lost and they were taking him to the police station. So a few people kind of said something, but the boys were very cool and collect and were like, oh yeah, this is our little brother. We're taking him here. At one, yeah. What the heck? Like, literally, this kid's all beaten up. Yes. Are you kidding me? What I would have done is I would have... I went went with them. them. Yes. Absolutely. But no. This is 93. Okay. So, at one point, they even took James to a pet store, and they got kicked out of the store. So, so pretty much, it's just, like, the most... The worst events all happening together. So, James sustained 10 skull fractures as a result of a bar striking his head. Alan Williams, the case's pathologist, stated that James suffered so many injuries, 42 in total, that none could be isolated as the fatal blow. Meaning that he had so many injuries, they couldn't even figure out which one is the one that killed him. It was too much. Mm-hmm. James's shoes, socks, trousers, and underpants had been removed as well. So the pathologist's report, you know, it just found the horrendous stuff that had been done to this That's little kid. So, so ultimately, the boys laid James across the railway tracks and weighted his head down with rubble, and his body was then cut in half by the train. So, the difficult part in this whole story is the fact that these little 10-year-old murderers are 10 years old, right? The the most controversy came with trying to convict them. Okay. So, they were obviously found guilty. Yeah. November 24th, 1993, making them the youngest convicted murderers in modern British history. That's insane. Um, they were sentenced to detention at Her Majesty's pleasure until a parole board decision in 2001 determined... Oh, I just now saw the pictures. I didn't know we were Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot the other pictures. There's really... It's just oh, the one of the of the John. boys. That's them. That's uh, Robert oh on, the, on the left and John oh, on the right. right. Ten years old. That's insane. So basically, the boys get to be incarcerated for eight years at a home or whatever child facility and then they get released on parole so john's mother fights this tooth and nail and gets their detention increased to 15 years however decreased or increased increased to 15 years but john's mother or james's mother Denise, James's mother. James's mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. James's mother campaigns for longer sentences for John and Robert. Okay. That makes sense. I thought you said John. I'm like, John's mm-hmm. mom. No, sorry. So, but that gets overruled. And they get released in 2001. 
Oh, of course they do. They also get the right to anonymity because they were so young when the crimes were convicted. So they get new identities um, paid for by the government. Wow. And Denise fights this and campaigns against this so much. So in 2000, so in 2010, John was sent to prison because he violated his parole. Okay. He gets released in 2013. 2017, he goes back to prison because they found child pornography on his computer. <laughs> so, okay. I think what a lot of people try to figure out is why the heck did this happen? Well, what about Robert? Anything happened to him? No, n- nothing There's really no, known about nothing it. about him. Okay. So, a little bit about the psychological profiles that were done at the time of sentencing. So, with Robert, he was later asked to reenact the crime with dolls with a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And he showed John as the aggressor. He would reenact everything about the crime except for the sexual parts. The mm-hmm. psychiatrist suggested that to, to Robert, like the psychiatrist was talking to Robert and said, maybe the crime was sexually motivated. And Robert seemed kind of indifferent to the idea. Like, he didn't really say yes or no. Okay. Robert's parents, they weren't together, and his mother supposedly had a drinking problem. Okay. But Robert was fiercely defensive about his mom and wouldn't speak to it at all. Okay. All in all, the psychiatrist says that Robert was above average intelligence, exhibited no sign of mental illness or depression, but that he was currently displaying symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. For oh, after this situation, basically? Yeah, or maybe even from his home life. Okay. So for John, John seemed to be obviously more timid than Robert. Mm-hmm. John's family believed that he was a good kid, but that he was impressionable. He had low self-esteem. He seemed to kind of be like middle child syndrome because okay. his other siblings got more attention because they had some different needs and disabilities. Mm-hmm. But he seemed um, like a normal kid. Mm-hmm. His parents were constantly um, splitting up and getting back together. Um, but they were kind of worried that he would get bullied a lot, especially mm-hmm. hanging out with Robert. Um, he seemed to be traumatized the most from the murder, but was found to not be mentally ill. Psychiatrists, when they were talking with him, this part makes me so sad because it just shows, like, this was a child. So they asked John... If he had three magic wishes, what would they be? And he says, one, to be free from the secure unit. So, obviously, to be free from where they were. Yeah. To turn the world into a chocolate factory. Okay. To live forever with money, no accidents, or illnesses. And if he could be anyone, he'd be Sylvester Stallone's character from Rocky or Sonic the Hedgehog because he ran fast and saved his friends. But then he ended up taking quite a turn. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who reoffended, which is weird, because yeah. everyone saw Robert as the leader and John as the follower. But then it kind of switched. Mm-hmm. So there's this um, YouTuber that I watched, Dr. Grande. He does a lot of mental health and personality analysis for different crimes or pop culture, pop culture things. Mm -hmm. And so he had a video about this crime and he said, 
you know, kind of mirrored the same thing that, like, everyone was really shocked that John was the one who reoffended. Mm-hmm. But he also found it interesting that, you know, mental health professionals, when they interviewed both of the boys, they didn't find either of them to be psychopathic or anything like that. That basically they're like, nope, they're not mentally ill. They don't need any therapy. They're good. And typically with these types of crimes, people build up to this type of a crime. Yeah, there had to be something that usually triggers them Over to years. do something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's not it's not crazy to think that they would reoffend. It's highly likely that they would. But they were treated as if they, they were young, they mm-hmm. were just being foolish but you know obviously james's mom is like no they were capable of this evil mm-hmm. that even they they had no limits they like nothing none. triggered them to stop even when so many people saw them they, they just kept going and even um john's is um m- the mental health professionals who reviewed him they're like no, John doesn't need therapy. And in fact, therapy could make him worse. What? Yeah. Isn't that, like, that's insane. Who said that? Medical professionals? Yeah. When, uh, they reviewed John. So, that makes me angry. So here's the aftermath, okay? Okay. So Denise is now 50 years oh, old. sorry. James's mother. She's remarried. She still doesn't know much about what happened that day. They didn't tell her? She didn't attend the trial because she was really pregnant with her second son and was told that the stress could make her miscarry. She could lose her baby, yeah. Yeah. So, and she doesn't want to know. Okay, so she never finds out. She, like, she knows essentially, but she doesn't want to know the details. Literally... Every day, her husband goes through the newspaper with a thick black marker to blank out any details that she wouldn't want to know. Yeah. Like, she does not want to know. I don't blame her. And, um, and to this day, she is still, like, advocating for, for them to have their anonymity taken away. Her husband, that's, she remarried, so this is not James's father. No. This is a new man. Okay. No, they got divorced. Okay. Um, but in 2018, there was this Irish short drama film that was created, um, about it. Oh, and wow. it basically is, it's 30 minutes long. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Detainment. And it's essentially just small flashback about the, uh, with showing like Robert and John walking James around. But it's mostly the dialogue from the interviews with the detectives. So you see this reenacted by these two little boys who are phenomenal actors. I watched it to prepare for this. And it's really well done. I don't think they necessarily paint them in the most favorable light. I feel like it's pretty unbiased you still feel horrified by what these boys did but the execution was done well yes okay but denise james's mom did not like it she was so upset that they made this film but um malcolm stevens he oversaw the detention of the killers as the former home secretary 
professional advisor. Mm-hmm. And he defended making the film. He says that it raises questions about the treatment of young offenders. Um, and kind of touches on those hard topics because this is a controversial case. They're yeah. both so young. And people think, you know, they need a second chance, but sometimes they do reoffend, and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. But it's a wild card. But yeah, and this this documentary film, it was it was done really well, mm-hmm. and it just gives you this unique perspective of how it's not black and white. Like these are clearly children; these are clearly little boys. But what yeah. they did was unimaginable. Oh, and even if hell yeah. Even if you take John's word that he didn't participate as much as he wanted to, like, he says things like he didn't throw bricks at James, he threw them past James. But it's like, even so, you were there for the whole thing. You let it happen. Mm-hmm. So oh it's God. it's a tough case. And the reason I thought of it, because it's so eerily similar to the episode, where um, you were, you showed me pictures, too. There is a woman, and then there's three kids. Who? What are? What? Are, uh, what am I looking yes, at? Yes. So that's Denise. Okay. And those are her boys. Those are her boys now. Yes. And it looks like she wrote a book. Yes, she wrote a book. And, and it says, "I let him go." Yep. Do you know anything about that book? That's the book she talks about. You know, her fight and her life, and you know, trying to get justice for James. Yeah. My um. Uh, sources for this episode were obviously Wikipedia, Murderpedia, and an article called My Son, James Bulger. I don't have energy for anger anymore, which is the interview with um, James's mother, Denise Fergus, which is her new last name. Okay. The uh, YouTube video with Dr. Grande called James Bulger Murder, Mental Health and Personality, mm-hmm. as well as a 60 Minutes from Australia called Torture and Murder of Toddler James Bulger. So those are my sources. Um, That's so sad. But what reminded me of this episode was that you have a child leading another child out of the store. Mm-hmm. And this horrendous crime committed against a little boy and it's interesting because compared to the bones episode the bones episode it was an older person but the kids let it happen in this situation the kids did it but the adults let it happen yep that's so sad yes and when you um read more into her article, um, you get so much more background Mm -hmm. as to what it was like for her and her everyday struggle where she still does not believe that these boys should have been given the leniency that they did considering what they did. I mean, yeah, that was her child. Granted, these two are children as well, but it's like they were obviously capable Mm -hmm. of it so it's just no just that's not okay that's not okay i think the government saw this and were like these are children and it's a controversial situation but clearly kids 
you don't commit that kind of crime, kind of crime, and you then don't just commit never that do type of again. evil of crime and not. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so, sad. Those that poor kid. I know. I'm so sorry, sweet child. That's a rough one. But, um, instantly when I saw this episode, this is the case that I thought of, Mm -hmm. was just the idea, because they kind of touch on this where in the episode of Bones, the juvenile prosecutor is talking to her and is saying, you know, this child very well could have murdered Yeah, they bring that up. They bring that up for sure. Be harder on him. Yeah. And... They do. Kids can kill. And it's the most horrifying thing because you can't you imagine innocence and evil. You wouldn't think they would do such a thing, but no. it happens. It definitely happens. And that's sad. Yeah. That really sucks. So that's that's the the murder of James Bulger. Rest in peace, little guy. Mm-hmm. And remember that he was a very bubbly happy child who loved Michael Jackson (laughs) and making people laugh. Such a poor little kid. That will be his legacy. Yes. That will be his legacy. So that's, that's kind of about it for this episode. Yep. Hope you guys are all right. Mm -hmm. Made it this far. Hug your pets, hug your family. Stay in your, (laughs) if you have children. I'm sorry. All I'm thinking of is that, (laughs) was it a vine? Hide your wives, hide your kids. <laughs> hide, your, hide your kids, hide your wives. The um, Was it a news or Vine? <laughs> no, it was from the news. Yeah, and it, from the and news. it was much earlier than Vine, but. Yes. It was I just feel like YouTube. they used it in Vine later. They did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's hug, how I remember it. <laughs> opposite. Hug your family, hug your kids, hug your pets, and you, if you have children. Um, Please be careful. Be careful. But like. Even if they're older, that's when they need you the most. Yes, definitely. But Be involved know. in your kids' lives. Pay know attention. Know what's going on. Pay attention to your surroundings. Pay attention to what's going on at home. And if you see two, a 10-year-old and a 2-year-old walking down the street. And it looks sus. Do something. Yeah. Call somebody. Go with them. Don't, don't pick them up and take them in your car because... That's, then you look sus. Now you're sus. <laughs> but call the police. Do the right thing. Do something. Please do the right thing. Do the right thing. All right, guys. Well, right. that'll be it for this episode. We'll hope see you, you next week. Yeah. Hope with you guys the, hang with us next week. The next episode, which is the man in the wall. Man in the wall. We will catch you later. Catch y'all guys later. Adios. Bye. Bye. Next week. Shin. Wait, what was the parts again? Sorry, it wasn't. Between listening. the knee and the foot. Is yeah, it's a shin? shin. Okay, well, either way, something around those lines, it gets snapped, and then yeah, she starts, sh- she's screaming, and she gets pulled in. <laughs>